Let's get down, let's get down to business. Businesses that were owned by people of color were impacted disproportionately more across the country than other businesses. Hello and welcome back to Among Neighbors, a podcast about race, power, and privilege. I'm Andy Conti, director of the Center for Media Innovation at Point Park University. And I'm Barbara Johnson. I work at Carlo University in the education department under a grant that is providing more education for potential people of color to be teachers, certified teachers in school systems. Today we're talking about uh, small businesses and some of the unique challenges that face women-owned and minority-owned businesses. Barbara, have you ever had your own business? I have not had my own business, but I'm not sure if our guests have heard of this, but I know a couple years ago, I went to a presentation that was at the Alphabet City on the north side, and they actually spoke with four women business owners in the food industry who talked about their experiences as women. And it was pretty enlightening, but probably not surprising to people in general. To me, it's a little bit mystifying. My parents had their own business, and it was you know, so I had like a front row seat to watch them and what they went through. But for some of my book publishing, I've set that up as a separate business. And just the all the, the paperwork and the bureaucracy is always feels daunting to me. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, these women specifically spoke about how they're not seen as the person in charge and how hard it is to be in the conversations and be at the table when they are the business owner and they're not seen as the business owner oh, because of gender. Yeah, that is fascinating. Let's meet our guest for today. Uh, we're talking today with Bob Stein, who's the executive director of the Institute for Entrepreneurial Excellence at the University of Pittsburgh. Hello. Hello. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. And we're also talking with Joe Posty, who's the director of public relations for Comcast. Hi, Andy. Hi, Barbara. Thanks for having Hi. us. Well, so what do you guys think? I mean, what are some of the unique challenges that face women-owned and minority-owned businesses? Does it resonate what Barbara was saying about people not recognizing them as the head of their business? Well, that's, I can't view the world through that lens, but I see a lot of the feedback from minority-owned businesses and women-owned businesses. Pittsburgh, in, in general, is usually ranked low or last in top 50 metropolitan areas for small businesses. And that also correlates to being last rank in support for minority-owned businesses. So... While we think we're doing a, a great job here in Pittsburgh and Allegheny County, I think there's a lot of progress that needs to happen to support these business owners and these entrepreneurs. You think, Bob, do you think access is an issue um, in terms of the resources and supports that are out there? Is the information getting to the right people? I'm not sure if that's the core reason, to be honest with you, because... All the organizations I know, you know, we have good deal flow and we're providing services at no cost. People know that those services are out there. Um, maybe it's access to capital. I mean, that's one of the big things, things like microloans, things to seed that entrepreneurial growth. I think, I think that might be part of it, helping businesses grow. I know a lot of some of banks like Huntington Bank, for example, they had a program specifically for these microloans to help especially businesses owned by people of color to uh, get access to capital early in the in the stage of their business. How much is just the culture of southwestern Pennsylvania and the, and the history of being dependent on big industries and big companies and not having that spirit of like, oh, I'm going to start my own business and do my own thing? You know, the, it's, a, it's a good good thought. I mean, 
Pennsylvania and Allegheny County, Pittsburgh in, in particular, we do have a lot of family businesses and a lot of closely held businesses. So, so many name brands here in Pittsburgh are owned by family businesses. So, mm-hmm. you'd think we're doing really well. Yeah. Uh, but the data, at least from the like the Kauffman Foundation, uh, continually says otherwise. You know, so um, I think it's hard to articulate what exactly we need to do, but uh, I think we probably need more organizations like the IEE and uh, some of our partner organizations to help. It's hard to pinpoint one specific thing, really. Joe, could you talk a little bit about what you're doing with Comcast? Because you're trying to Yes. Maybe prime the pump a little this, bit here, right? This is great. We are. Yeah. So, you know, Comcast, we have we have historically had a commitment to things like digital equity. We have um, a program called Internet Essentials that a lot of folks may be familiar with that we've had for over a decade. And that is designed to provide high-speed broadband to families who may not have the resources to purchase a traditional internet plan. And then what we saw during the pandemic is that there were really some opportunities to expand that concept of digital equity beyond just the family needing high-speed internet at home. You know, if you look at how small businesses were impacted during the pandemic, we all have neighborhood businesses who were impacted severely um, with financially, with staffing shortages. Some of them went out of business. And then if you layer on top of that, the social justice issues that were going on during that time period, we said, well, how can we drill down and see from a business perspective who was really impacted? And so we saw that businesses that were owned by people of color were impacted disproportionately more across the country than other businesses. And so the Comcast Rise program started in late 2020 as a way for us to provide what we call tech or marketing service grants to businesses. And so what that means is that if you qualified, we would provide either free high-speed internet access for your business or computer equipment, things like laptops and um, tablet computers. Or if you preferred a marketing grant, we would, through Effective, which is our advertising arm of Comcast, we would provide a linear TV schedule for you. We would either shoot a TV commercial for you, or if you had one, we would provide the airtime for you to run your commercial. Then last year, it evolved. And we said, you know what, there are some businesses that they really don't need those services, they really need some cash. So we identified specific cities that were disproportionately impacted. And so we now had a couple of rounds of these RISE investment grants. And right now, we are in a window of opportunity where Pittsburgh is one of five cities in the country that Allegheny County businesses have the opportunity, if they qualify, to apply for a $10,000 grant. So in Allegheny County, 100 small businesses will be selected, and each of those 100 businesses will receive $10,000. That's pretty cool. It's awesome. Thank you. Yes. Um, so you talked a little bit about um, some of the small businesses closing down because of COVID. Is that a criteria that would bump somebody out? So let's say they met all the criteria for this grant, but they had to close because of COVID, and they're interested in trying to get back get their business started again. So they do need to currently be in business. 
And for the investment grants, they need to have been in business for at least three years. Now, for businesses that have been in business less than three years, or maybe it's a business that's outside of Allegheny County, they may qualify for a tech or marketing service grant, which I described as, you know, kind of free services instead of the cash grant. The main criteria though, Barbara, is that it needs to be a small business that is owned by a person of color or a woman. Mm -hmm. And we really, you know, our analysis of the data is that that intersectionality is really where we saw the biggest impact of businesses Mm -hmm. that experienced hardships during the pandemic. Like, what are some of the businesses you were already helping? Yeah, so, you know, I I could talk for hours about talking (laughs) to some of these local small businesses, Mm -hmm. as you know, Andy, but um, some of the local businesses that um, I've had the opportunity to talk to already are things like restaurants. You know, I've gotten to know the owner of Casa Brazil really well, Kayla Nogueira. You know, restaurants, just what they had to do to pivot their entire business model during the pandemic. She received a tech grant, which not only provided internet service for the restaurant, but as you can imagine, restaurants, they had to completely change how they took orders. They had to go to contactless ordering. And so things like iPads and providing a whole new customer management system for the restaurant was so helpful in helping them pivot and stay in business. I've talked to owners of local barbershops. We have a number of Mm. Pittsburgh area barbershops that, again, had to really pivot how they did business. We've got a business in our neighborhood that Andy and I live in that it's a stationery store. But as you can imagine, you know, stationery stores, the core of their business is wedding invitations. There weren't a lot of weddings going on during the pandemic. And so having a tech grant really helped them to change the way that they did business and recovered from the pandemic. Do you find that uh, small business owners, person of color or women owned, struggle with finding space? Like you talked about actually a storefront in Pittsburgh based on prices? Well, I think there was an adjustment after COVID. Before COVID, pre-pandemic, definitely, the commercial real estate prices were sky high. And I think, you know, some of those prices have come down because, you know, people... But, like, what about the the biases we see in, you know, redlining for... We, we always talk about residential biases, yeah, you know, right. um, in terms of getting financing and in terms of, you know, getting somebody to even sell your property. Do those same sorts of things emerge? Uh, Absolutely. And I think one of the reasons why is that lack of multi-generational wealth. Um, Mm. And uh, that is one of the, I mean, and that's, you know, that's a long standing barrier that the wealth hasn't been passed down from generation to generation. And so once we have to correct that, and then that will help, you know, that is a bias for sure. Right. What about the general just just racism, right? I mean, this whole idea like if I'm a white person, am I going to go shopping at a black owned business? Uh, is that, you know, can we get past the point of like actually thinking about it and just saying like, oh, it's just a business I like rather than it's a black owned business? Right. I hope so for all of us. It's scary that that's still out there, yeah. but it is. So what do the numbers reflect in terms of minority ownership? In Absolutely. So while we were talking, I looked up the report and, you know, one of the reasons why we're ranked dead last is so there's 42,000 small businesses here in Pittsburgh, Allegheny County, 
in our region, and less than 1% are black-owned businesses. The national average is 2.4%, which is still not great. Yeah, um, but we're doing terrible, we're even doing, in relationship yeah, to that. Yeah, wow. exactly. And so, the, I mean, the, the the highest percentages of black-owned businesses are in the South, which makes sense. Our populations. So mm. uh, nationally, the black population is about 12.5%. Pittsburgh is about 9%, a little less than 9%. Mm. So we're, we're below just starting out of the gate with the population yeah. as well. Ahead, Does this report track, you talked about black-owned businesses, does it also track other people of color-owned businesses? This particular report was from LendingTree, and it was just oh, black-owned okay. businesses. And it came. It was released in February of this year, so it's still current. But look at some of the other foundations, like I know the Kauffman Foundation had re- released a report a couple times. It says the same thing. Also, it's for small business in general. It's not, It's you know, even for uh, non-minority non-women-owned businesses, we rank last. So mm. so it's like easy to say, oh, well, that's that's a black problem. You know, more black people need to start their own businesses. But as white people in Pittsburgh, what can we do to be more supportive of black-owned businesses and, and black people who might be thinking like, oh, I could start my own business if only I had X. Yeah, well, we have some great programs at IE at Pitt. Uh, so uh, we have a, a program called the Community Power to Prosper uh, class, which Comcast also sponsors. So thank you for that. Um, so this is a program. It's six months long, meets every two weeks, and teaches business owners how to grow their business. We offer that program at no cost. They get a certificate of completion from the University of Pittsburgh. It, I, uh, it, uh, we opened up the application period uh, about a week ago, uh, and we already have 50 applications, which is an all-time record high. Um, we have that we program, and we host it in Homewood, up at Pitt's in Community Engagement Center. We're thrilled by the demand, but that's one, you know, throwing resources around people who either have a business or want to start a business, I mean, that will go a long way. Yeah, that's great. And it's also not, uh, you know, I was talking to another economic development leader on Friday who is black, and we were talking. It's not a zero-sum game. So it's not like if a white-owned business grows, you know, at the expense of a black-owned business. Mm -hmm. You know, we help the minority and women-owned businesses. We'll all grow together. Um, So I think we need to stop thinking of that. that mindset. We help everybody. If I help a person of color or a woman grow their business, it's going to help everybody else as well. Yeah. And that's probably why that overall ranking for all businesses is also low. Joe, could you talk a little bit about, not necessarily from your Comcast hat, Mm -hmm. but just as your your human perspective, because I know these are issues that you care about uh, deeply and passionately. What are your thoughts? I mean, what can white Pittsburghers do to be more supportive of black-owned businesses? I I think... You know, it's just all about the small choices that we make every single day in our life. You know, I look at, you know, as you know, my husband is a cook. He loves to cook. He's a pretty creative cook. It's a heck of a lot easier for him to drive a block to our local grocery store and get ingredients. But we purposely, we go to Brookline. We go to places like Las Palmas. Um, we go to the Strip District and, vi- and visit Asian grocery stores there to get ingredients. Um, sometimes it means multiple trips for different ingredients, but um, it's a more thoughtful way to support local businesses. 
Um, you know, or things like I, I've got a friend who owns a local bookstore. Um, it's a heck of a lot easier to order things online through the biggest bookseller in the country. But even though it may take a day or so longer, I will purposely purchase books from a local bookseller. You know, I think during the pandemic, a lot of us saw that if we each individually are not doing our part to keep our favorite local establishments going, um, you know, we individually are the solution for a lot of these businesses. Absolutely. I agree 100%. I mean, it's easy to order on, on Amazon, really. I mean, but go out of your way to support a small business and it's a different customer experience, too. What I have found is that these local businesses, because they are so hungry and um, know who they are competing against, the, the customer experience is so much better in a, in a lot of um, interactions than you would have with just kind of an anonymous online retailer. Yeah, I think that that's really important. I know women-owned businesses, for sure, have talked about how hard it is to you know, get, get, get included in the marketplace. But I think that those statistics that you mentioned, Bob, about the 1%, you know, I I would have never guessed that I would have just assumed that, you know, it's similar and or or way higher than that. So that's interesting to hear too. I think having that data is important. Do you know if other colleges and universities have centers that are addressing this issue? Well, I know Chatham has the Center for Women in Business. Yes. Um, Duquesne University has a small business development center, which is uh, similar to one of our programs. So there are other other programs. One of the things that we're doing also for minority and women-owned businesses is helping them get into the supply chain better at the large organizations. So uh, we've been really successful of Pitt. My, My organization does all the diversity supplier training for UPMC. And so uh, it's been wildly successful. And UPMC has been really able to increase their spend in women, minority-owned businesses. We're going to do something similar at Pitt for the Pitt supply chain. So I think getting these small businesses in the large corporate supply chains is important as well. Yeah, so it's like we need to do the macro things like that and also the micro things, Mm -hmm. our own individual choices. So that was great, great message today. Um, Joe, can you remind us about the the program and how people can apply for it? Sure. So if um, a business is an Allegheny County business, a small business with 25 either full or part-time employees or less, and they've been in business for at least three years, they can go to ComcastRise.com and they can apply for one of the $10,000 grants. If they're outside of Allegheny County or they've been in business for less than three years, they can also go to ComcastRise.com and they can apply for one of the tech or marketing makeovers. And the deadline for the investment fund grants is June 14th. So get your online application in before that. And then the tech and marketing deadline is June 17th. Okay. Well, thanks, uh, Bob and Joe, for being here today. Barbara, just to round things out, I'm curious what you think about this idea of of Pittsburghers trying to be more deliberate in their choices and whether that can have the kind of impact that we're hoping for. Um, yeah, I definitely think so. I think also the other thing we talked about before, Andy, it also intentionally makes people leave their uh, comfort zones, cross bridges and cross boundaries into neighborhoods that they may not normally have thought about going. But I'm going here because I heard there's good food or because there's you know a great product that I want to try or just I want to support a small business. And so 
you know, it can be a really great way to build community for sure. Yeah, for sure. I, and I think that's an interesting perspective. It's not just the small things, but it's really what underscores everything that we, we talk about on the show and what we're trying to do in Pittsburgh is to be a more welcoming community and starting that by being more welcoming ourselves and going out of our ways to welcome people and to share experiences and have experiences. So I think that's really smart. Thanks for joining us again today on Among Neighbors. Our show is brought to you from the Center for Media Innovation at Point Park University and produced today by Wayne Gaines. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Thank you.